Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. So a lender would often be looking to help reduce their losses or prepare for upcoming increases in credit losses in the market. It's kind of the primary motivation. Although when they see how this process works, they also realize it is just a far better customer experience than having people set up ACH. That was Jeff Brown, the CEO of Highline, and he is my special guest on this episode, episode 225 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Jeff has a degree in math and physics, and as a self-proclaimed numbers geek, he has a genuine passion for data-driven insights and patterns, all of which support his successful career in payments. Unlike card and ACH payments that pull directly from the consumer's bank account, Highline has the funds pulled directly from the customer's paycheck. According to Jeff, this translates to a vastly improved customer experience and a significant decrease in payments liability. Jeff and I go on to talk about his journey to the role of CEO, including how he came up with the idea for this entirely unique offering in the payment space. We also talk about where he sees the industry going in the next two to three years as it relates to the rapid growth of the payroll space. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's just dive right in. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Yeah, sure. So I I kind of grew up all over uh, in a military family. So we lived in uh, Germany, West Virginia, and then landed up in Florida. So went to school there and then stayed on, went to University of Florida, where I studied math and physics. So as a uh, proper numbers geek, I went to start my career up at uh, Capital One, where I uh, was doing basically decision science before it was called that in their fraud team. Okay. And where you currently live today? Yeah, so today I'm in uh, the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. I live in uh, Planet. Which happens to be right down the street from where I am in Prosper, Texas, just for those who are wondering. All right, well, let's dive into the company Highline. So tell the audience what Highline does. Highline is a brand new payment network which originates payments directly from payroll platforms. So unlike card and ACH networks that credit blindly pull debits from a bank account, we have the funds pushed directly from the customer's paycheck. So for particularly for recurring payments or loans uh, or for other things like utilities, rent, etc., this produces a uh, vastly improved customer experience and also payment reliability. We started serving in the lending space since being top of payment hierarchy for a loan dramatically improves credit performance. However, we're expanding quite quickly to all forms of recurring bills since this is just a superior payment option to what exists with cards and ACH. So is this something the consumer has to opt into? Yeah, great question. So yeah, they would opt into it, but it would be presented by their lender or biller. It might just be a choice. It might have uh, benefits that come along with it. Particularly a lender might give an APR discount or a larger credit line. But plenty of times, if it's just an option, consumers will opt in because from a consumer's perspective, they no longer need to worry about drafting their bank account. They hate payment failures as much as the lenders do. 
particularly if it is a lending product, we're pushing up payment on payday. So there's just a natural reduction in interest charges that uh, consumers would have. And you mentioned a couple of verticals. So are, are there specific verticals that you started with and have grown into and more to come or maybe talk about the, the vertical side? Yeah. So as you might imagine, we started uh, in unsecured loans, both kind of vanilla personal loans, as well as kind of point of sale financing type flavors. We then picked up a auto lending client. So we started reaching out to other types of products and uh, looking to get our first credit card on board soon as well. And then onward from there. And are you just in the U.S. or other parts of the world as well? We are just in the U.S. We've gotten a number of invitations to go international, but uh, let's let's solve the U.S. first <laughs> before <laughs> we get uh, deep into figuring out how the rest of the world works. And you launched the company, what, two or three years ago? Yeah, started in 2020. Got it launched last year, up and live. And we are doing a good deal of uh, kind of uh, product improvement and growth this year. And have you had outside investment? Yes, we're Series A funded. So we've gotten 17.5 million raised from Foundation Capital, Costa Noa, and Trump Capital. Congratulations on that. That's not an easy task these days. Oh, no, not indeed. We had very lucky timing that we raised our A early last year and then did not spend much of that money. So we are uh, having a very nice long runway from here. Good. Maybe talk a little bit about sort of your go-to-market strategy. So do you have a direct sales team that's out you know, selling? Do you have partnership channels or how do you go to market? Yes, we go to market a number of ways. First, we're effectively a two-sided network. So for any magic to happen, we need to have a partnership with uh, payroll companies. So we have focused on that side of the ecosystem, trying to secure those deals, build those integrations. And then we're going to market to be on the lending side of the market. Early days, it's been direct to individual lenders and then those lenders integrating with us. We're starting to build into more platforms through more distribution partnerships where they take care of the technology lift and become we become a just more natural configuration option for a lender or, or biller on the other side. And maybe give a kind of a use case for, you know, you know, pick a customer segment you want to talk about and kind of give a use case of, you know, sort of how does the whole process work? They they come to you and are interested, what happens? What's the value prop? basically that's driving their interest and and sort of how does all that work together and you know how do you work with a customer basically so a lender would often be looking to help reduce their losses or prepare for upcoming increases in credit losses in the market it's kind of the primary motivation although when they see how this process works they also realize it is just a far better customer experience than having people set up ACH that it's on I'll, I'll get to that in a second to describe it so you know we start having conversations. They take a look at our API docs. They kind of size out the effort, which uh, honestly is not much because of how clean this is built. But you know, we also then walk through kind of the business case of how much they should expect to experience in, in loss reductions based on how they're deploying to their customers, if they're using a discount, if they're not, et cetera. So we help them put that program together. But we recommend to folks to keep it simple, just get it out there as a payment option, and you'll start to observe the credit benefits and then be able to lean in as they like. But on the customer experience, so then lenders up on board, lenders making this an option out to the consumers, how do the consumers see it? So 
Say during an originations process, lender would get the customer's you know, name, address, social, et cetera. As they're pulling the credit bureau, they're also checking with Highline's API to see if we have access to this individual's paycheck. If we do, then we confirm, yes, we have access to it. At that point, the lender can present Highline as a payment option. Again, maybe a discount or maybe the same price. If the customer clicks to go down the Highline route to pay from their paycheck, then we have one consent screen that pops up so they can authorize our payments in one click. In some cases, we'll need to send a one-time passcode to make sure it's really the owner of the payroll account. We don't want to encourage any fraud. But the vast majority of the time, we don't need to do that. They're just having to click once to authorize the payments. And then we hand the experience right back to the lender to do what, to what they do. And what would you say differentiate your company from your competitors out there? Yeah, I mean, it really it's the partnerships with the payroll ecosystem. And these are not kind of screen scraping type partnerships, which are slightly above board. These are proper integrations where like in that journey, that consumer did not need to name their employer. They did not need to log in. They did not need to figure out anything. They just are understanding what they're agreeing to and clicking to authorize it. That is entirely unique in the market. And these payroll companies, so these are your traditional large ADPs of the world? Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, where do you see kind of this industry, you know, when you look at, at payments as a whole, or you look at the, the segment that you're kind of working in and solving problems for, where do you see it heading in, say, the next two to three years? Yeah. So I'd say expect more and more to be coming out of the payroll space. That industry has evolved a great deal in the last decade, right? It, it used to be kind of software that was given to companies so that companies could calculate the payroll process, whereas now it's all moved up into the cloud. These are now centralized platforms that have incredible data and access to the flow of consumers' money. So certainly there's been a lot of activity over the last few years in the early wage access space. Highline is another fantastic use case, and there are more coming. Most of the payroll platforms are building uh, what you might call super apps, where there's just going to be a new home for how consumers manage their cash flow. And it's really be brought to them by their payroll companies. Any interest in getting the crystal ball out and looking 10 years down the road? Oh, that's a long time down the road. I'd expect, yeah, further consolidation in the banking space, further rise of kind of the use of payroll-based payments and activity. A lot of things are still going to be the same, of course. I think card networks are still card networks. ACH is still ACH. But uh, yeah, P2P is going to keep evolving and payroll is going to keep evolving. Do you see things like blockchain or crypto playing in that payroll space at all? I've not seen anything where like, hey, if this was on blockchain, it would be so much easier. Kind of the advantage of the way we have built our integrations into payroll is everything is cleanly online all of the time. So we don't need worry the way that you know, historical build of like Visa and MasterCard and ACH account numbers where that, was, that all was created in an offline async world. So when you're properly connected, you can do real-time authorizations. You can turn these into push payments. You can greatly mitigate fraud risk and just have a much better customer experience where there's not like rotating account numbers, expiration dates, all this stuff. We don't need to redo that in a new world. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In some ways, the way you described it, and you tell me if this is a good or a bad way to think about it, 
is, you know, sort of with open banking, which, you know, outside the U.S. is is much more common, but becoming more common in the U.S., allowing, you know, with one click or using, you know, giving someone your username to your, you know, bank account, you're then opening up the ability for them to get more information about you and your finances. But this is more similar concept, but on the payroll side, is that kind of a fair way to look at it? Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, you know, copy the language a little bit, you might call it open payroll as opposed to open banking, where, you know, open banking produces the opportunity for someone to make a push payment by connecting their bank account and authorizing that push of funds. This is that, but with payroll, right? You're connecting to your payroll account and authorizing push of funds, but it's of uh, the future flow of funds as opposed to immediate in-hand funds. Yes. So, I mean, it's a very interesting, unique concept. And I'm just curious, like, where in your journey did this, and we're going to talk about your professional journey in a minute, but sort of what was the uh, light bulb moment that said, hey, here's here's a problem that needs solved? Where did that come from? Yeah. So I I was at a company called Salary Finance. They did payroll-linked loans, partnering with employers. And uh, I saw firsthand there how uh, incredibly powerful it was as a lender uh, to get paid first out of somebody's income. It was just a phenomenally better customer experience, much better credit performance. Even the collections process was much more humane. If somebody lost their job, you knew it before there was a mispayment and you could resolve that in a much healthier way with the customer. The challenge at salary finance is they were selling employer to employer and integrating one at a time. And that's really hard to scale. And so that's what Highline solves for. It creates that payment behavior, but it does it at scale in a way that any lender of any sort or any builder of any sort that wants to enable this easier, better way to pay can do it. Makes perfect sense. Let's go ahead and, and dive deep into your professional journey a little bit. Let's, so you you talked about getting a degree in, I think you said, math and physics. So from math and physics to payments. So I love to to hear how that journey went. So you you graduate from, from Florida and what's the journey look like? Yeah, so I jumped into Capital One and started doing coding in SaaS on green screens to help uh, measure, identify fraud, mitigating it, particularly on the application side of things. But yeah, fraud is kind of inherent. Uh, mitigating fraud is inherent to doing good payments. Anytime you're moving money around, there will be folks who try to take advantage of that, being intercepting the funds, impersonating, etc. So that was a great uh, introduction into the world of payments. Moved around a good deal from there. I spent some time in Kaplan's corporate strategy team. And then I moved over to Santander, where I ran debit card product for a few years. And then I was in the credit cards team for Santander. And from there, ran pricing across Santander's kind of consumer and small business portfolios, both asset books and deposit books. So that was a, a very fun experience to get, a, get a broad view of the world of banking. And from there is when I hopped over to salary finance, where I saw the, you know, the potential of the um, asset class and really just wanted to dive in and learn more of how it worked. Okay, so... What are some things you're passionate about? So maybe one work-related passion and one personal passion. Work-related data. Anytime I get a new source of data, a new set of data, get to play around and see what are the patterns, where are the insights, where's the signal. And there's certainly there's some uh, beautiful data available when you're plugged into payroll platforms. Yeah, if someone has a 401k, if they have a health plan, if their income is trending up or down, gaps in paychecks. Lots of wonderful things that you can get access to along with the flow of payments. 
So um, I'm looking forward to building a bigger and bigger data set so we can see what those patterns look like. But then personally, I have a family that keeps me happy and busy. I've got three young kids that are 10, 6, and 3. So that uh, keeps my weekends very busy, keeping up with them. That will do it. Those ages will keep you very busy. I always like to ask this question because I, I feel like I always get, you know, unique answers based on people's own experiences and, you know, especially different size companies. So obviously you're a little bit smaller size company, but growing, you know, having taken on some investment. The question is people join your company. Maybe they're coming out of school and they're looking to build a career. They look at fintech, they look at payments, and they say, hey, I want to build a career in this industry. There's a lot of exciting things going on in this industry. I want to build a career. So they say, hey, Jeff, what do I need to do to be successful in my career in payments? What would you tell them? Yeah, so I'd say really strive to build products that are extremely simple and trustworthy. Payments products need to work 99.9% of the time, the way that the customer expects. It can't be a complicated process. Uh, It has to be straightforward, both sides of a payments transaction. It needs to be comfortable for both of them. Say it's a card in a grocery store or something. If the card doesn't work, that's when they are going to switch to another payment method and maybe not, not go back to your card. So making sure you are building kind of simple, repeatable routines for customers so that you can build up the trust and, and not lose it. And that'll particularly apply to building new payments as we're doing here. We need to make sure customers understand in very simple terms what they're agreeing to, how it's flowing, and that what happens is what they expect to happen. How did you build that? Was that a lot of test and learn? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different ways to present the information, how did you decide on the way you're doing it today? Yeah, so it was was a lot of collaborations with uh, others in the space and then finding people who are not involved with it with fresh eyes to present what's going on and getting their reactions and listening very closely to kind of what are their questions about, you know, what'll happen, what's not going to happen. Because, you know, some of this is figuring out what is the new language to say, you know, is this payments from payroll? Is it payments from paychecks? Is it bill pay? People don't have a common language for this, so we needed to figure out how to make that work. But to get that done, you just need to get real people's reaction who are not in the middle of the bubble. Was it a challenge to get the billers and the lenders to, I mean, you're almost like interjecting into their customer experience, right? So do they just see that as another step and make it seamless? Is that kind of how they view it? Yeah, I mean, our our logo needs to be there because we are involved in the transactions, the integrations, but we feel more like a a, a Visa or MasterCard bug, right? We want to stay out of the customer's experience any more than getting their clear consent. So obviously, that is something that lenders are keen on. They don't want to be sharing customer service with somebody, especially if there's issues that may occur. And like there can be, like they could change jobs, et cetera, but we enable the lenders to be able to follow up on that scenario. All right. Well, Jeff, we've covered a lot of ground already about the company and and what you're building and and the company that you're building and the products and services. We've covered a little bit about the industry as a whole, and then obviously a little bit about your journey. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap up? No, I think we've touched on everything. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate your time. So, Jeff, thank you so much. I'm glad you were able to join today. I know your time's very valuable, so I want to be especially appreciative of that. So, again, thanks so much for being on the show today. Likewise, enjoyed the time. 
And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 